Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Gabrielle, and it's so nice to see you here this morning. Um, I'm one of the ordinands here at St. Barnabas Church, and I'm um, studying theology, and, um, and it's just so nice to be here at this church um, and to see you all this morning. So last, week, last time, Tim talked about the authority of Scripture. As it says in 2 Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed. That's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. It's through reading Scripture that we truly get to know God. This week, we're digging a little bit deeper into the Bible. And if the Bible is so great, as Tim argued last time, how then can we appreciate it for all that it's worth? Oh, there we go. Our passage today is taken from Matthew chapter 22, verses 29 to 40, where we find Jesus talking to the religious leaders, also known as the Sadducees. We find Jesus here on a day when people are really trying hard to challenge him. Just before this, Jesus was approached by some Pharisees who plotted to entangle Jesus in his words, yet they couldn't succeed. Now we find some Sadducees asking Jesus even more hard questions. So as we take a look at this passage, I want you to notice how Jesus is very clever in the way he responds. In particular, I want you to notice how Jesus refers to Scripture to defend himself and to defend the truth. Jesus replied, You are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. I think I might need some help going on to the next slides. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? <laughs> Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. No one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So reading this passage, it just makes me want to shout, You go, Jesus! These extremely skilled and knowledgeable people come at Jesus with all sorts of questions and challenges. And yet he always has a good response. And as we've seen from this passage today, Jesus so often turns back to the scripture in his replies. Throughout the life of Jesus, we can see that he takes his authority in Scripture. 
And many times, just as in this passage, God's awesome word is so powerful that it leaves people speechless. When we look at this passage about Jesus, it's clear that he knows his scripture and he knows it well. While I don't think my Bible knowledge will ever quite be on par with Jesus's, there's a challenge here to follow his example and get to know the Bible for ourselves too. If you read the Bible, God will speak to you. It's impossible to open the Bible with an open heart and an open mind and not hear him speak to you. We can all have moments where it can feel like God isn't speaking. But not reading the Bible is like walking around with your phone on airplane mode and complaining that nobody ever calls you. If the Bible is shut, then our ears are shut too. So there's many ways that we can read the Bible, but I've just got five suggestions to get us started. Um, I realize that I'm throwing lots of information at you, so I just encourage you to sit back, relax, and listen, and see if there's just one approach that sticks out to you today. So the first thing you could do is you could read it like a novel. Just read it, and the sense of the story will become clearer. For me, simply opening the Bible and reading, reading it can help for two key reasons. The first is that it takes the pressure off. I don't have to have any deep theological insights just yet. I just want to read it and see what happens. Secondly, reading like a novel helps me to get a glimpse of the bigger picture. There are so many themes throughout the Bible that speak of God's promises, his love, his redemption, and more. And context is so important when reading the Bible. And having the bigger picture context of a story will also be so helpful when you start to focus in on something smaller. For example, the book of Joshua has lots of twists and turns. But when you read it as a whole, you start to see how Joshua and others just keep having to step out in courage and take faith and take courage. By reading this book as a novel, you can pick up on this ongoing storyline of courage for me, this helps me to ask the question, where do I need to seek God-given courage in my life? Where do I need to step out in faith? If you're still new to the Bible and aren't quite sure where to start, I highly recommend any one of the gospel books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, which tell the story of Jesus' life. The second thing that you can do is study the Bible. Take a smaller passage and look at it in a bit more depth. You could do this alone or you could do it with others. Commentaries or reflections on passages are helpful. When you read a passage and learn something new about the context, it can bring whole new rich and life-giving meaning to what's being said. Philippians is a great example of this because the writer Paul constantly speaks of rejoicing he calls to his friends, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. But this passage becomes all the more meaningful when you discover that Paul was writing that letter from jail. It makes me think, if Paul was able to rejoice in the Lord from prison, how can I rejoice in the Lord in my struggles? How can I bring joy in the midst of my friends' struggles? I know here at St. Barnabas, the team has introduced a simple message of studying the Bible that can get you started, A, B, C. This stands for 
Ask. Ask, is there anything on your mind? How did you respond after the last time you read the Bible? And then we've got B, Bible. What's the passage saying about God? What's God saying to you? And finally, C, commit. What are you going to do in response to this passage? Thirdly, journal it. Something that is fascinating about the human condition is that our memories are sadly not that great. I often forget what God's doing in my life. And it makes it easier and easier to become uneasy in my faith and trusting in God's presence in my life when I've forgotten what he's done for me. But writing things down can be a simple way to process thoughts and keep track of what God's been saying. Particularly if we think of that C word, commit. It can be a lot easier to commit to something when you've written down your challenge as a reminder. Fourthly, meditate it. You could take a small piece of scripture. This could even be a single verse. Spend some time on it. Chew on it. Take it through your day with you. You could repeat it over and over again prayerfully. You could write it down and put it in your wallet. Or even memorize it. Be patient and let the words soak into your mind and soul. You could even focus on particular words and dwell on what that means for you. Let's take Psalm 23, for example, if I can get to the next slide. There we go. The Lord is my shepherd. That's just one line, but there's so much richness in it. The Lord is my shepherd. You might start by honing in on that word shepherd. Wow. God is a shepherd. He guides, he leads, he looks after, he's patient. But then you pick up on that word my. Oh yeah, he's more than just a shepherd. He's my shepherd. He looks after me, he keeps me close. And he cares for me. Even while I feel insignificant, God is my shepherd. But then I meditate on the verse some more. And I notice that word thee, the Lord. Even while God cares about me, he is the creator. He has the power over all. He is the one powerful God. Wow. Dwelling on the little things can often help us to dwell on the bigger things. And finally, pray it. You can use passages as prayers. There's so many places in the Bible that express thoughts, feelings, and struggles far better than I ever could or have the energy to. Aside from, of course, the Lord's Prayer, there's also 150 psalms or poems written to God. You may even find songs that encourage you that are based on Scripture. You may even have noticed that a lot of the liturgy and prayers here at St. Barnabas Church are rooted in and based on scripture. If the Bible is our good news guidebook, then it certainly can be a good prayer guide too. So the second thing I wanted to take a look at is attitudes that we can approach the Bible with. God's word is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. This is an awesome awesome truth, but also a challenge to treat it with the respect it deserves. 
So the first thing that I would love to say is that we approach the Bible prayerfully. Read it by the Holy Spirit. Before you read, take a moment to sit in God's presence and pray that he might speak to you. If you want the truth, read the Bible with the power of the Holy Spirit. I have a friend who often finds that when she reads the Bible, that's the time when names of people who are close to her pop into her head. It's when she reads the Bible that she feels prompted to pray for them or even drop them a message. So the second thing I wanted to say is let's approach the Bible playfully. Don't worry, when I say playfully, I don't mean to start ripping up your Bibles and turning them into origami. I partly used the word playfully because I playfully wanted to use some alliteration. (laughs) But what I really mean is to approach the Bible with a childlike faith. Jesus himself said, unless you come to me like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So when I say to approach the Bible with a childlike faith, what I mean is you don't need to put pressure on yourself to come away with deep philosophical, theological thoughts or intelligent insights on the Greek translations every time you read the Bible. If you read the Bible and come away thinking, wow, God loves me. That's amazing. Hallelujah. Amen. God loves you. If you read the Bible coming away thinking, wow, I just don't think I could be as bold as Paul. That's amazing. Use this as an opportunity to pray for boldness. And if Jesus said that all laws are based on loving loving God and loving our neighbours, then that's our chance to bring our Bible back to that simple message. You can also ask questions. Has anyone ever been trapped in that annoying cycle with children asking why? 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 Yeah, but why? (laughs) Children love to ask questions, and they're not ashamed to admit that they don't know. I remember once at a holiday club, a child asked me, if God has a plan for everyone, does that mean that he had a plan for Hitler? That's not a question that I would have ever thought of, but it really made me think about what it means for us to have a plan and that choice to follow it. There might also be creative ways that you can engage with the Bible. When I was a teenager, I painted my favorite Bible verses on my bedroom wall. And while some of my non-Christian friends thought it was silly, it was really sustaining for me to have God's word laid out in front of me every day. And finally, priority. Life gets busy. Life gets hard. And taking the time to read the Bible regularly can feel like an overwhelming task. But just like with any relationship, it takes time to grow and nurture. I'm not a gardener, and keeping plants alive is not my forte, but what I can tell you is that if you have a plant and you don't water it for three months and it's looking a bit shriveled and haggard, the solution is not to throw three months' worth of water on it and hope for the best. The best thing to do is to give it a little bit of water often and let it soak. And it's like that with Bible reading too. Spending time with God daily is a great way to nurture your friendship with him. Also, having consistency in our lives with God, with praying and reading the Bible, for me, has been endlessly sustaining in a life that is constantly inconsistent. 
We never know what may come around the corner, leaving us feeling like the rug has been pulled out from under our feet, overwhelmed or discouraged. And yet while our emotions are not as reliable as we think they are, we can trust in his word and trust in his promises. You might feel that God has abandoned you, but then you take a look at the Bible and it says that he never leaves us or forsakes us. You might think that God won't forgive you for this particular sin. And yet it says in the Bible that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You might feel that God has no plan for your life, like you're just an accident that has turned up by mistake. And yet it says in our good book that every single day of our lives, our existence is written down in his book. So as I draw to a close, thank you friends for joining me on this whistle-stop tour of reading the Bible. God's word is amazing, powerful, and good. And I hope that you've come away inspired to be inspired by the good news in its pages. So before I leave you to it, I just want you to take a look at all these methods and approaches again. Just take a moment to consider which one is sticking out to you today. Is there something that you would like to invest more in? Or even try for the first time as you read your Bible? I'll just give you one minute to turn to the person next to you and discuss. So I hate to interrupt your lovely conversations, but I will remind you that we have tea and coffee afterwards, so you can always keep them going later. <laughs> Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of your holy word. May it be a lantern to our feet, a light upon our paths, and a strength to our lives. Take us and use us to love and serve all people in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>